It is the people. Japan. They're so friendly. I know we said Nepal is friendly, but Japan's a bit a different level. They just don't speak that much English, but they want to help you in any scenario. Welcome to Journey with Jake. This is a podcast about travel and vacations through the eyes of ordinary people like you and me. While it will be somewhat informative, this podcast is about the stories and experiences and the why behind the travel. My goal is to take each of us on a journey each episode as I speak with a different guest about the places and experiences that have meaning to them. My hope is we will each gain a little more insight from these experiences and appreciate the places we like to travel to. After all, it's not all about the destination as it is about the journey. Hey everybody, welcome back to Journey with Jake. This is episode number 29, almost to 30. Wow, this is just moving right along. I can't believe it. Kind of going a little personal with you for a minute. My goal at the start of the year, when I first started Journey with Jake, I said I wanted to release an episode every two weeks for the whole year. And that was going to be my goal. And I was going to see what happens. So we're looking at there's 52 weeks in a year. We're looking at 26 episodes. I had 26 circled, written down. I'm going to hit 26 episodes before the end of the year. Here I am already on 29. And the thing I've discovered is I don't want to stop. I don't want to stop anywhere. I, I want to keep going. I've had some fabulous guests on the show. Unforgettable guests, people who I've never met, people who I've known, all types. And i I just love it. It really brings something out of me that I just love. I've realized every single person has a story. We all have our own journey. And that's why I like doing Journey with Jake. Yes, it's a travel podcast. It's about places we've been. It's about experiences we've had. But as I've talked to different people, I've realized everyone's got their own battles and their own trials and different things like that, that really just can't. I don't know. For me, they come out a little bit when we when we talk with each other. Some more than others. Sometimes it's just a fun episode where we're just having fun talking about things that have sweet memories to everybody and sweet stories, fun stories. But in some cases, you know, little things, trials and difficulties and challenges and things come about. And I love hearing that too. So I guess the whole point of that is that I just, I want to keep this going. My plan is to keep going. I've started releasing every week because I've had so many interviews lately that I can't just keep pushing them out every two weeks. I've had to kind of up my my game a little bit and release every week. And I love doing that too. It's been super exciting, super fun for me. And I'm just glad everyone is along for the ride. We just heard a little snippet from my guest, James Hammond. As you can tell, he's got the British accent. James hosts his own podcast called Winging It Travel Podcast. That's where I found James. We jumped to a few different places today. Got to know James a little bit. But we jumped to a few places because James is a very extensive traveler. He's done a lot of traveling. And so we couldn't just pinpoint one spot in particular. So we talked about a few areas. We hit on Nepal. We hit on Japan. We hit on Bolivia. And it's just a super good time to talk to James, see what he's all about, and hear his different stories. So I hope you enjoy this episode with James Hammond from the Winging It Travel Podcast. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. So today on Journey with Jake, I am joined by James Hammond. James, welcome to Journey with Jake. Pleasure. Happy to be here. 
Thank you. I'm excited to have you here. Found you actually through Instagram and kind of in the whole podcasting realm. Oh, yeah. You host your own podcast, Winging It Travel Podcast, as well as something else that we'll, we'll dive into here in a minute. Mm. But I wanted to first get to know James a little bit. And who is James? Where are you from? Obviously, you got a different accent than me. So kind of dive into that a little bit, if you don't mind. Tell us who James is. Yeah, same language with different accent, right? So yeah, I was born in Norwich in UK, um, which is, if your listeners don't know where that is, that's kind of east. Um, so think of London, East London. There's a main train hub called Liverpool Street. Get that train, goes east all through East Anglia. So we pass places like Cambridge, Ipswich, Colchester, all these places to Norwich. And Norwich is kind of the last stop on the East Coast. So yeah, grew up there. Pretty, uh, what's the word? insular community there it's, for uk standards it's pretty in the sticks like it's it's a small town territory but norwich is the big city in the county where i'm from and then around it is a lot of small towns and villages and lots of farms and i've got the coast right around it so that's where i grew up and now i'm in vancouver so i've been here four years wow okay so did you go straight from from the uk to vancouver or have you been somewhere else oh no i went to australia first okay to live and then spent a year there done a bit of travel before and after then went to New Zealand to live for a year again travel before and after and then because of age we just about could get a work another work visa in so we went to Canada and that was 2019 so we planned to be here for two years because that's a two-year visa but then we all know COVID happened in 2020 2020 2020 I know yeah yeah crikey and then we decided to stay a bit longer because we had no choice (laughs) yeah yeah and I and I heard Canada kind of locked down a little harder than a lot of places. So yeah, you were kind of stuck, unfortunately. But that's funny. You're hitting all these English-speaking countries with all these different accents. So <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's interesting with the Americans, right? Because as a British person and vice versa, Canadians, Kiwis, Aussies, they can all get work visas in each country, right? There's no restrictions. You just need between between 18 and 31. 35 Canadians in some countries, but mostly 31 and no criminal record. <laughs> if you've got that, you then can you get a work problems. permit. And yeah, yeah. Well, if you've got that, you've got problems. But yeah, if you haven't got that, then you can go to these countries and just work for a year and travel as much as you want. There's no no real rule, right? You just need to be out by the end of your visa. Gotcha. So, so a lot you, of people do these. Yeah. That, and that makes sense because I, I had someone else on my podcast from Australia and he did that same thing. He moved to Canada for oh, a yeah. while and then traveled yeah. kind of from Canada type of thing. So interesting. Very cool. Nice. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm happy to have you on here. I know from just reading about you, looking at your Instagram, things like that, you're an extensive traveler. I mean, you've done a lot of traveling. If you don't mind, just kind of give us kind of the the highlights, maybe some of the stats, how many countries you've been to, where you've been, just kind of give us the overall view. I know it's a lot. You don't have to dive into everything, but just kind of <laughs> give us the scope of your travels because I know you've done a lot. Okay, yeah. So I think it's around 50, 51 countries, something like that. Um, it will be more this time next year, um, but more to come on that maybe at a later date. But yeah, so that's the current number, if you like. And it started in 20, it really started in 2013. So two year trip before Australia, after Australia, that sort of portion. And before that, I've done sporadic travel in Europe. Europe's pretty easy to our flight to Spain, to our flight to uh, Italy, to our train to France. It's really easy to travel. Um, but I didn't travel in my childhood because very working class background, no money, et cetera. So yeah, that kind of changed in, in university. I was like, had an ex-girlfriend who 
sort of showed me the way of travel. I was like, oh, never heard of this concept. And then she went for three months at the time and it kind of triggered my interest. So then I went to Australia to watch some cricket, which I don't know if you, your listeners will like. Five days of sport and it can be a draw. I know. Went to Australia, watched that, and I fell in love with Australia. I was like, right, I need to go back there. I had two years for my degree. So I thought, I'll get my degree done, save some money in the meantime, and plan this trip. And so, yeah, been to Australia, New Zealand, Canada, work visas, traveled in Europe, Asia, um, North and South America, and obviously Australia, New Zealand, that area, and South Pacific. So yeah, it's kind of been dotting around really. Like I've got loads of favorites, but I'm sure we'll come to a bit, a few more countries and yeah. specifically. Well, but. and I've and I've got a few, a few that you kind of mentioned to me that have special meaning to you that mm. I want to talk about because, in my mind, they are kind of exotic places. But that's interesting okay. though. So you mentioned you kind of came from a, a working class background, so you didn't yeah. you didn't travel as a as a kid growing up. That wasn't part of who you were. No, very, very rarely got outside the county. So maybe like one or two counties, the counties in the UK, right? equivalent for US estates, right? So maybe if I was in, I don't know, oh, California would be a bit extreme. Let's say I was in like Arkansas or something. I might go next door. That's as far as it goes. Like, um, I wouldn't say California because yeah, California, California like live there are pretty like, well off. But um, yeah, so where I was, it's just just because you know, my parents stood up when I was quite young, right? So single mum and all that. So yeah, just had to get through it really. Yeah. Wow. And so then your, your ex-girlfriend who girlfriend at the time introduced you to traveling though mm. and you're like and you liked it apparently i mean obviously it seems like you liked it and that's something you decided hey let's see what this traveling thing's all about yeah like yeah likes an interesting term i'd say more i was intrigued like what is this like for me even going on a concept a week away in spain was a big deal i was like hang on what you went for three months like first of all yeah. how can you afford it second of all, where the hell did you go and like can i know more about this so yeah, she'd tell me about her trip and that she went to Australia, New Zealand, LA, um, some Asia as well, Fiji, all these exotic places. And I was like, oh, wow. So it kind of had a seed in my head from that moment on, really. Very good. Yeah. And I like what you used that word intrigued instead of rather light. You weren't sure if you liked it. You were intrigued by it. Yeah. And so the light came in Australia. So okay. later that year when we split up, blah, 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 I put myself to go to Australia to watch cricket. That's kind of my get over it kind of trip, right? Um weird experience because you go from really cold in uk to really hot in australia right um so but as soon as i land in australia i was like oh i feel at home here like it's just a cool place to be so that that's where the light came maybe six months later something like that gotcha okay then you're like hey i do like this i like traveling yeah enjoyed your time in australia fantastic yeah. thank you for sharing that with me that's i mean 50 some odd countries said you're gonna have more by this time next year so sounds like you got plans which is great yeah Let's talk about a few of the places because I, you know, I told you my, my podcast is all about the why and why mm. you like certain places. And I usually, it's usually a certain place that we talk about. Sometimes it's experiences, you know, so I've had hikers on, I've had whitewater rafting folks oh, on. Nice. Like that. Yeah. So, you know, and, and they don't necessarily have a specific spot. They have their experience that they do and they kind of, you know, talk about that a little bit. But for you, you mentioned a few countries that I wanted to kind of talk about because I haven't had any of those on my podcast yet. The first okay. one, first one being Nepal. And so when I think of Nepal, yeah, it's Mount Everest is what comes to mind, right? The Himalayas. Yeah. So yeah. tell me about Nepal and why that has special meaning to you and just kind of tell us about it. Okay. So unfortunately, unfortunately, listeners can't see this, but you can see this behind me, right? It's, it's, it's the Annapurna. So that's one of the mountains that's over 8,000 meters, right? So I think when I first trekked this and saw it and it wasn't raining, it wasn't cloudy like all the other treks I've done, I was like, wow, 
that is the view of I think three or four days of hiking, right? Tough work in the sort of around the mountains with our guide. And that's the kind of like the, the prize. And I couldn't believe the scale of it. It just blew me away. Like this was sunrise. This is only one portion of it. It goes all the way around 360 degree, like all these mountains that are in a distance that are twice as high as where you are. So this is 4,000 meters up at Poon Hill. It's called Poon Hill uh, Summit. People can check that out. It's about five days on the Annapurna circuit. It's the first portion. A lot of people carry on afterwards, go around even more trekking. But a lot of people finish this one because it's quite, it's quite tough and it's quite a nice way to finish. And when I got here, I was like, wow, look at that. So, yeah, that kind of just, it's hard to describe why, because it's such an innate feeling. Like I just couldn't believe the, the scale and how good it was. Um, nature, basically. So you you were kind of just, you got that view. And yeah, unfortunately, people aren't going to, listening aren't going to be able to see this I view. can send you the photo. You perfect, can use it. perfect. Yeah. Well, send me the photo because yep. I'm sure people want to look that up on Instagram and, and check it out. That's what struck you. You kind of, and it sounds like it's a little difficult. You were hiking, things like that. So a little yep. bit of challenge to get to that, but yep. the view, worth it. I mean, this picture is beautiful what I'm looking at. <laughs> and I'm just looking at a picture. I'm guessing yeah. to be in that moment, it had to have been like, ah, you know, just breathtaking. Yeah. And normally people say like people destroy experiences, right? And you go to a hike and you get somewhere, there's like a hundred people there. And it was busy on this one, but there's a collective feeling that this was just magic. Like everyone's worked hard to get there. You can't just drive there. You do have to hike there. Um, so everyone's done like three or four days. They've probably done, some people put it on longer when they started at the other end. So they come around. This might be their last stop on the Annapurna circuit. Because the Annapurna circuit is about 21 days, right? You can do 21 days of hiking wow. around the mountain. This is the first five from where we started. But if you ended here, it'd be the last five days, right? Yeah, it just had a magical feeling. You, there's a little coffee cart there. So I got a coffee and we just sat there and watched the sunrise. And it came through amongst all these mountains. Wow. Yeah. Magical. What was the time of year? What was the temperature like? Yeah. So what? I mean, this, this would have been September. So it's hiking season in the pool. Okay. So that's a good um, time good time to go you want to go shoulder seasons so march april september october they're the times to go and temperature would have been i only do celsius so fahrenheit's not good for me but celsius would have been four or five degrees okay everyone's gonna have um, to get celsius. out their google calculators <laughs> and, and, and figure out what that is <laughs> yeah and so chilly but not bad chilly not bad chilly and warmed up and then we're probably there but what 5.30, 6am. And that viewpoint is about 4,095 meters. We're going to have to, com- we're going to have to convert that to, to feet. <laughs> yeah. I want to say roughly around 13,000 feet. Okay. That's, that's high. I mean, that's... Uh, let me just, yeah, um, I'm going to, you, you got to do it right. <laughs> He's looking at it for us right now. Yeah. yeah sorry. It's a bad podcast. Uh, yeah. It's just over 13,000 feet. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's high. That's, that's up there. I mean, I know for me, the highest I've been in the States they had a road that the highest paved road was Mount Evans in Colorado. And that was like 14,130 oh, wow. or something. Yeah. And I'm already, yeah. you know, I'm out of breath up there. I'm like, I can't breathe. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 So that yeah. had to be pretty intense as well, man. Yeah. It's intense. It's the insurance companies. They go what three to three and a half thousand meters before they start getting a bit, a bit sketchy with their um, policies. Right. Cause that you go into altitude sickness region. Right. Yeah. Um, so technically here you could get altitude sicknesses above 3000 meters. So it all depends if you can deal with that. It's random. So you don't really know, I guess, until you go there. 
Um, but we had no problems, so that, that was lucky. Good, so you didn't have any issues there. That's that's excellent. Going into Nepal, Kathmandu. Where do you like? How do you get in there? Yeah. Where do, is that where you fly into Kathmandu? Okay. Yeah, there's two major hubs. Okay. Kathmandu, capital. It's like a small Delhi, dusty, <laughs> busy, chaotic, but super fun. Or there's the trekking sort of elements in Nepal, right? Where you go to Pakara, and that's where the flights go up to the base camp, Lukla airport right so you fly from Bukhara to Lukla and that's where people start the base camp trek so yeah I think Kathmandu is the easiest way more in- international flights go in and out mm-hmm. and Bukhara is possible they, I think they just, they just just built a new airport there so I think they are trying to get more international flights in there instead of through Kathmandu one thing about Nepal that's not good the roads they're terrible bad okay yeah. gotcha so were you coming from Australia to go there were you coming from Canada how did you get there from where were you from going from that was end of new zealand new zealand time okay yeah end of that so we left new zealand to go to southeast asia east asia okay Um, so that japan and southeast asia yeah what were the what were the people like there in nepal super friendly like one of the best yeah um the guides that we had on our on that trek super nice and get you get to know them and they do they do anything for you it's um it's a bit embarrassing sometimes where they're trying to make the best do stuff for you like get get your tea or get your dinner like have dinner separately from us like no 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 come and join us like trying to get them to be with us you know it's not them and us you're part of us as well so they're super friendly do anything for you and anything's possible so any problem they'll try and solve it anything you want to do they can probably arrange it so um yeah super friendly people interesting so nepal i just you know you think of nepal and of course you know him you know mount everest himalayas you know i, I think of that and then, but I just never know, you know, what are the people like? You said the roads are crappy in Nepal, um, <laughs> but it sounds like it was, it was this moment though, this view, this yep. is what, this is what did it for you. This is what comes to your mind when you think of Nepal. Yeah. One of the pinnacles of traveling, I think. Yeah. I think you're going to ask me another country soon as well. That'd be a similar experience, but yeah, just nature worked hard for it. It's a perfect sort of scenario. Really loved it. Yeah. Would, would highly recommend people with a listen to, to Bacara, which is a great place as well. Chill out for a bit and then maybe go and do this trek because it's it's worth doing. Wow. I I'm not much of a trekker. I don't know if I could I don't know if I could handle it in that. What third- qualifies as a trek? What's a trek? I mean yeah. trekking a walk. <laughs> yeah, trek. what's the boundary? I don't, yeah, I don't know. Well you talked about that thirteen thousand feet or the four thousand meters. Yeah. That that right there was making me breathe hard as it was. <laughs> so, so I don't know. It would be tough for me to 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 dive into that. So thank you for sharing about Nepal. I'm going to jump into some more countries if that's cool. Yeah, yeah, just tell yeah, me, yeah. You know, so one of the other countries you mentioned, and I know my son was excited about this because he's always been intrigued by this country, is Japan. Yes. What was, what's with, I mean, I, okay, I, I always like to say what I think because I've never been to Japan, but I picture okay. Tokyo, I picture a bustling city, you know, yeah. high tech, that kind of thing. Yeah. What, what, what did you do in Japan? What was it about Japan? So we were there for a month. Wow. And you're right, it is high-paced. <laughs> um, you can get the, I don't know if you know about the Japanese rail pass. Do you know about this? No, I don't. Okay, so foreigners get to grab a pass on the bullet train. So it could be one, two, or three weeks. Um, locals can't get this, so it's only open to foreigners. And what this does is it gives you unlimited travel on the bullet trains, which is great because they're so fast. They're going, what, 250, 300 kilometers an hour. Like you can get to anywhere really quickly, and it's so slick. So you can really plan your trip. Nothing goes wrong. It all goes right. 
So we just dotted around the cities, right, in Japan. We could have done way more, but we thought, okay, we'll do, you know, the classics, Tokyo, Osaka, uh, Nagasaki, Hiroshima, uh, Nara, uh, Kyoto, all these, ma- ma- Osaka, Osaka, yeah, all these major places, um, just to go and check out the city and what's different about that city to the next one. So that's what we did. It's more of a less less countryside, more in the city, city life. Gotcha. So you were checking all the major cities. Yeah. And hitting that bullet train that's only for foreigners, which is interesting as well. That's just locals a- get locals get the bullet train, but they get they have to pay it's a separate like gotcha. a separate fee. Separate thing. Okay. Um, yeah. You just go to so the top tip is go to Tokyo um, before you get to Tokyo or before you fly to Japan. Get Japanese Rail Pass online, get it booked and paid for. Then you go to the train station in Tokyo or, where, or wherever you are, it could be anywhere. Just and there's a separate queue, it's very clearly signed, Japanese Rail Pass this way. Show your passport. They give you a pass there, and then, and you're good to go. Wow! And you were there for a month. And you mentioned you said you kept saying we we did this. Who are you with? Was it? Oh yeah, my partner Emma. Yeah. Okay, Emma. Very yeah. good. All right. Excellent. So she came into my travel life, if you like. Probably New Zealand was the first onwards, right? So not not in Australia, not in Southeast Asia. Years and years ago. So from 2017 onwards. So, which included Southeast Asia again because we went. I went for a second time, but yeah, Japan is is with Emma. Nepal's with Emma. Yeah, so yeah. Is Emma? Is she from New Zealand? Where's she from? No, Norwich, same place. Oh, really? The same. Yeah. Place? Did you know yeah, her before? Say. No. Interesting. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Good deal. Nice. Uh, uh, I'm, learning yeah, all about, I'm learning all about you, James. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So Japan. What was it about Japan? What was was there any moments in Japan where you're like yes, this is why I love this place? Or is there, you know, any kind of the why for Japan for you? God, there's so many things in Japan. What can I put it down to? You, you might hear that. It might, generic, it might be generic. You might hear this a lot. It is the people, Japan. They're so friendly. I know we said Nepal is friendly, but Japan's a bit a different level. They just don't speak that much English, but they want to help you in any scenario. For example, we'd be in Tokyo near our hostel we stayed at, which is a capsule hotel, super fun. And we went to a bar just locally and there's this group of Japanese, like, I guess they're like work, work colleagues, right? Um, sitting next to us. And they just want to chat to us and know where we're from and what we're drinking. And they can't speak that great English, but they'll try. Um, so unless you speak Japanese, you're going to have to like be a bit, bit patient with them. But they just want to know who you are. Every city we went to, we went to a local bar or local place. They're all the owners or people in the bar want to talk to you, want to know who you are, what you're doing. So yeah, just... All around Japan, super friendly. I do love cities as well, so I, I guess I love the city lifestyle, um, the the high tech. So Japan is so extreme that there's just no comprehension of what's going on. You really have to go with the flow. All the signs are in Japanese. All the chaos that's around you is organized, but you don't know the organization of it because you don't understand the Japanese behind it. So you just need to go with it. You'll get to somewhere easily, but it might be just a bit like culture shock beforehand, um, but super fun. So speaking of that kind of high tech, I've heard, I heard that got like crazy, like public restrooms or something. Like I heard it's just, I don't know. Any truth to that? Or I mean, it's just yeah, there is. Yeah. Yeah. So the, I'll give you a place to stay. It's called Weno. So U E N O Weno capsule hotel, which is in the area of Tokyo called Weno. So U E N O. And what we did is we booked a, that place first because we heard about it, went there. And then 
we freshened up, got on our little capsule pods, which got like a double bed and a double TV and all this sort of stuff. And then we're like, oh, we're going to go to the bathroom and just freshen up. Emma was done within 10 minutes. I took nearly an hour. And she said, what the hell are you doing in it? I said, honestly, what I just saw was unbelievable. There was saunas, there's jacuzzi, there's a separate station to shower, separate station to wash your hair, a steam room, all just in the male part, not the female part, all in the male part. And I was like, oh, I was just sitting in the sauna for 20 minutes and I jumped into the jacuzzi. Like, I just like took my time. And I said, oh, what was your experience like? And she went, oh, it's just a bathtub and a shower. And that was it. <laughs> but it's because it was traditionally for businessmen. Interesting. So okay. There is truth to that. That's what you said. Wow. Okay. So, yeah. So, on the male side, because it's Brilliant. traditionally it was for businessmen, they cater to the businessman. Yep. Yeah. 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 Wow. Unfor- unfortunately, so at the minute, and this is a modern place where they've built it, um, all the traditional places are both male and female. Don't get me wrong. Mixed, mixed dorms and stuff is fine, but the facilities are not as equal. Interesting. Wow. Okay. And so you mentioned the city life. You love the city life. What is it about the the city life? Is it the hustle bustle? Is it the night scene? Like, what is it that you like about the city life? Oh, yeah. Japan's full of lights, right? So imagine Times Square, but maybe a bit more extreme um, everywhere. <laughs> like, not just in Times Square. I guess you go to other parts of Manhattan. It's like, oh, it's just normal. Yeah. But in Tokyo, Osaka, it's like bang, bang, bang everywhere. Wow. And Osaka was the only place, actually, I I got a little bit over it because they have the street level then you have above it the train then you have the underground it's just like this complex system of how, how the hell do i work this out <laughs> um that was towards the end of the trip in japan so i think maybe i was just i was done for for bright lights and and trying to na- navigate every day but yeah the night markets the the local parks the matcha tea that you can have in these parks we knew someone in tokyo so she showed us a, a few areas in tokyo and it's just a super cool time, like so many sites to see, things to do, things to eat. Yeah, you should jump in an izakaya in, in Tokyo and just go and go to a random one. It's like a Japanese pub. Go there, just order what you want and see what it is. They're, they're quite smoky. They're quite underground. They're quite cool to check out as well. What are they drinking there in Japan? They are drinking anything you can find your hands on, but mostly Sapporo, which is their beer, right? Okay. And I think it's rice wine they drink or sake. Yeah, that's what I've heard of, yeah. you know, for Japan. Yeah. So I didn't know that. And they, they do. Yeah. All right. Very good. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Now, Japan sounds, man, it sounds just intriguing. I it sounds scary. I mean, because you kind of talked about you're just kind of lost for a minute, but there's an organization to the chaos. But I kind of like, yeah. it's funny because I, I have those moments like you, you know, the scene behind you in Nepal, just beauty and kind of peace. And, but I do kind of like that city life too. You know, I like kind of the, yeah, yeah, thing. I like yeah. seeing people walk around. I, I kind of enjoy that that vibe that it gives off. So I, I'm pretty sure I would love Japan. And it sounds like the bullet train's effective. It sounds like it's an effective way to get around the country. Yeah. And there are smaller cities to get maybe started in. So Kyoto is very traditional. So you won't find all the bright lights in the tall buildings. And it's grid. I think it's grid-based. So it's easy to navigate. But it's very traditional. A lot of um, ryokans and a lot of like traditional things you can see in Kyoto, like the old Japan. And then somewhere like Nagasaki or Hiroshima, very, very, very small compared to Japanese standards and not as chaotic. Still busy with a lot of people, but it's a bit more, it's a bit like home walking around in terms of like the windy streets and it's not just chaotic. It's just a bit more chilled out. 
probably an easier place to get started and if you want to go south a bit more further south anything else about japan you want to share with us or any other reasons you know the why of why japan any other memories or stories you have from japan before we move on to the next country well obviously i went to the hiroshima and the nagasaki atomic bomb museum and shelter right so it's a good thing to do just get perspective on, on life so that's definitely worth I'm sure people know about it, but it's probably worth seeing it from their point of view as well and how it affected the city afterwards. So that's definitely worth doing. And I kind of felt like that was a bit of a moment to kind of reflect upon life a little bit. So that maybe that's that's worth doing for sure. But yeah, I just felt like there was a, a nice... It has a Nagasaki and Hiroshima, right? Especially Hiroshima, there's a nice calmness to that city. And you can walk along the river and yeah, you can kind of chill out by the grass and just like in the sun so yeah i kind of felt like hiroshima was a nice place just to reflect upon life very good have a moment of just kind of reflecting and yeah i think that's probably a good thing to do and and i love history too so i enjoy kind of seeing those places that have you know unique yeah. history and that was definitely something in the history of the world for sure awesome yeah. thanks for thanks for your thoughts on japan i'm i'm all excited about japan now. i could do a, probably a whole episode <laughs> just on japan and diving into oh things. yeah you know we could talk about food and we could you know we could go really deep but I know for this episode, I kind of want to just hit a few spots and kind of hear yeah. your thoughts because you're a you're a big time traveler. I mean, you're you're all over the place, <laughs> so that's why I wanted to do that. So the the next spot I had, based on what you kind of told me, we're moving to South America now and mm. Bolivia. Yeah, let's talk about Bolivia a little bit. I I think I saw a post. I don't know if you were riding a bike or what you were doing. I yeah. can't remember exactly, but what? So Bolivia, we're obviously totally different continent now. Now you're in, in South America. Tell me a little bit about Bolivia and what you did there and what it's all about okay bolivia so the country that doesn't get much reputation brazil argentina chile they all get like a bit more peru as well machu picchu they all get a bit more um kind of written about them and said about them but bolivia in the middle is one of the cheapest places in south america and it's also one of the most diverse so i went to bolivia from the west so i came in from northern chile and i crossed through the salt flats so already the salt flats are amazing. So you can either go winter or summer. So winter is going to be dry. So you get that like vast salt flat, dry salt flats, and you can do like funny things like create some scenes. And like, it's just as far as I can see, it's incredible. Or you go in the summer and it's wet season and get the mirrored floor, which is even more incredible. I, I went in the winter. So crossover from Chile, done a four day tour, which included a border crossing from Chile to Bolivia, and then spent three weeks, I think, in Bolivia. Wow. Yeah, covered the, the, the photo that you saw, me riding the bike. That's Death Road. Death Road? Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> top, so that sounds scary. Yeah, it is scary because people died in it. Oh, there you go, <laughs> yeah. Death Road. All right. Yeah. Uh, nowadays, it's a tourist attraction where they built a new road, so locals drive on that road because it's much safer, much nicer. But... Essentially, this road hugs the mountain, weaves its way down, and it's just not big enough for two cars. So people used to try because they had nowhere else to go, and some people just fell over the edge. So death road. Now you can bike it on a, on a bicycle and just hair down the road, um, all downhill. Just be a little bit careful around the corners, but you'll be fine. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's a, that's a cool place. And then the Paz, the sort of de facto capital, was huge. It's like a, it's like a bowl. Um amazing bowl of goodliness and naughtiness in the past so yeah a lot of 
parting in the pads actually if I'm honest that's just the stop gap to kind of reflect a little bit but also met some cool people there had some nights out there a bit more hedonistic I think um, rather than seeing things yeah a little, little more crazy huh in La Paz yeah very crazy yeah oh. it's a bit <laughs> it's a bit like you can do what you want there oh wow <laughs> a, a little okay. bit like, a, a, a little bit like that not not too too max extremes but yeah. yeah you can do certain things there a couple of cool hostels there Wild Rover uh low-key hostels they're they're kind of party hostels so if you're younger they're cool to go and check out and stay there and then yeah and then i kind of went to a few other places sucre the actual capital is really nice nice white white city all the buildings are white um much much more calm a bit more going on in terms of like there's government officials there. there's a bit more official that maybe is the word and then popped to Potosi, which is an interesting one. So 16,000 feet up. So higher than this. Yeah. And this is a, one of the highest cities in the world. And I've done a silver mine tour there of a working mine, which has been there for 500 years. That was fun. Um, if you're claustrophobic and don't like the dark, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> but if I can entice you in by telling you that you can go to, you do this tour, and you go into a working mine, you can buy the miners' gifts. So before you go in, you go to this market. Now, they are selling all kinds of stuff from cocoa leaves, which is the green leaves you put in your mouth. They all chew that. So that's a kind of given. They've got children's books. If you want to get the miners them, because they obviously have children, and they, it'd be good for them just to give to their children. But you can also buy dynamite because they need dynamite to blow up the mine to mine for silver, right? So... Of course, I bought children's books, cocoa leaves, and a dynamite. <laughs> you went, we went for uh, the trifecta. You got all of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought, was, when am I ever going to buy dynamite at market? So, one time only, right? So, is that just kind of is that just kind of the traditional way of of doing things for the tourists is to to buy those things for them? Or how? Did, I wonder how that came about. That's just kind of interesting. Well, it's, it's a semi sad story, right? Because the miners don't get that much money from mining, and there's no guarantee that they're trying to find silver. That mine's been mined for like 500 years since the Spanish colonial days, right? So it can't be too much left in it. And the idea is that if you do this tour, of course you pay the tour company, but you also help the miners by getting some gifts. It's not going to change things in the long run. It might just help in the short term. But if they get um, tourists and kind of buying them stuff to help instead of them buying it, it saves them a bit of money, right? So that's the idea. And the tour basically shows you around in the mine. Like you have your helmet on with the flashlight and you're going up ladders and going all these tunnels. It's a, it's a really interesting tour, but it's not for the faint-hearted. Like if you, if you do get claustrophobic, there's going to be some tight spots to get through. So, Wow, that's pretty wild. Interesting. So that kind of a sad story. Now that you, <laughs> the way you put that, I'm like, oh yeah, that's kind of, I just didn't know if it was just kind of, hey, here's a fun thing we do here. But no, it's like, they actually need this stuff and they need the oh, yeah. dynamite to keep mining. And yeah, 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 so yeah. James yeah. bought himself some dynamite to give to the miners. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. And also that is a place that's tough to walk in. I said about Nepal here, I was fine, but Potosi was, you walk, you walk down the street up a hill, you're out of breath. Um, it's that high up, right? So yeah. it gets a bit, I found it a bit annoying after a while. Cause you just want to get back, back down to, like not sea level because you, you can't in Bolivia because not by the sea, yeah. but at least at a lower level yeah, where you can just breathe normally. Breathe a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. There's a cafe there. I can't remember what it's called. I want to say, say something that's like 
the four mile cap or something where in feet above sea level it's roughly around four miles so like it just blows your mind <laughs> yeah well yeah sixteen thousand. that's yeah that's got to be about four miles up which yeah is, ish yeah, yeah maybe five I don't and know. having a whole you know a whole city up there that's incredible like oh amazing place yeah yeah wow. we'll check it out just to experience it i find it interesting all these places you've talked about you know bolivia and japan and nepal sounds like you spent some time there i mean you were what a month oh, yeah. a month in japan three weeks bolivia how long were you in nepal month month yeah i mean see i think that's i don't is that just maybe as a you know someone from because here in america it's like united states it's like a week maybe two weeks you yeah. know there's not these yeah. month trips or three month trips or anything like that so i think that's even better because you get to really dive into the locals oh, yeah. and what people are doing and i mean you're really into it and not just quick skim the surface and and you're off yeah Kathmandu, for example or even tokyo or osaka you're gonna need two de- two days just to get just to get your stuff together right like, where am i like what's the routine here you need that just to settle in so if, if you've only got a week it's gonna be pretty tough going um it's clear that obviously i've just quit my job and traveled right that's what i've done since 2013 essentially um i know that's scary for a lot of people and not even possible for a lot of people but that's what i've done i've just worked in a job saved money left gone for a period of time to money runs out start again go again so wow can we can we dive into that a little bit because that is scary to me i'm kind of i would say i'm risk averse i guess when it comes when it comes to that so that's so you'll do enough to earn a little bit of money and then you'll quit so you can go travel yes wow yeah just no fear i mean how do you do that like that scares me yeah uh no fear what scares me is routine every day doing the same job so i don't like that (laughs) that's why it's been a bit of a struggle last what i don't know two three years Uh, but but covid is a good excuse so there's no choice you have to do it right but in those days i would just go to something like australia for example i don't know if you your listeners would know but it's like a gold mine for temporary jobs right any temp job you're going to get there, whether that's admin, whether that's doing a bartending job, working at McDonald's, you're going to get minimum twenty to twenty-three dollars an hour. Now, this is incredible because in UK it's nowhere near that. Um, maybe US is the same, especially for those type of jobs. Oh, we're lower in the US too. Yeah. So, New Zealand, Australia combined, they're just amazing to go and do that work visa, earn a bit of cash, save up. And then go because you have so much more money than if I stayed in UK and even Canada to an extent. Canada's not great, but it's a little bit better than UK. But yeah, that that's the kind of the mantra. That's what I did. That's, I'm impressed. I mean, that's amazing that you were able to do that. I mean, that's just that's incredible. And you've got some some great stories and some great experiences. So I kind of want to talk about just looking at everywhere you've been. Mm. What was the most dangerous place you've been like where were you the most like nervous nervous do you know what this might surprise some people i felt the most uncomfortable and a bit i want to say freaked out just a little bit on edge in bali in bali okay yeah this like amazing place that people talk about on the internet about this paradise of you can work remote there you can do this which you can but i just found my experience that locals be a bit edgy that approach you, that touch you, buy this, do this. Now, in Asia, it's normally a custom that asks you, right? You walk in the street, hey, do you want some sandals? Like, no, 
and you move on. But there they sort of approach you and they touch you, right? I just felt the vibe there was a bit edgy and a lot, the drugs were flying around. A lot of youngsters there from Australia, it's like their spring break place to go. So all that kind of combined, I didn't feel that safe there. I wouldn't call it dangerous. I call it edgy. Edgy, okay. Um, it's maybe where on a consistent basis, there was like seven days of like, oh, I kind of want to leave. That's the only place I felt that. I just want to leave, want to go. And how long were you in Bali? About a week. Okay. So you, yeah. one of your shorter trips as well, you're kind of like, hey, <laughs> get me out of here. <laughs> but it's interesting yeah. you say that because yeah. just me who's who's on the internet because I'm looking at travel places all the time and yeah, I see these people posting, oh, we're in Bali and we work remote here and it's, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so that that so is just, interesting that you say that. Uh, I don't think I'm alone, but I don't think a lot a lot of people would would disagree with that as well. They'd say it's a it's an amazing place to be. Just yeah. people's experience. Like, exactly. I, and I would say Indonesia's got way more other places to go and see rather than Bali. But that's just my opinion. And that and see, and that's why I love the show too, because it's it's James's thoughts. It's not yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. whoever. That's yeah. why I like asking these questions because some people have different thoughts on things and it's just kind of fun to to hear what your thoughts are. So kind of the opposite of that, any place that you just like, that was my favorite place or do you just have too many? God, favorite place. Like, okay, if you, the question yeah. then, let's, let's, let's word it this way. You only had one place you could go back to and then you're done after that. Where's the one place you're going? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's tough. I... Come on, James. Let's give an answer. Let's not. I wish the listeners could see your face right now because <laughs> I could tell you're just you're straining over this, which is even more fun. So, what's the one place I'd go back to in a heartbeat? Oh, I, if I could buy any ticket tomorrow on a plane, and it's going anywhere that I've been to already that I'll go back to because I want to see more of it or live more of it, it might be Rio de Janeiro. Brazil. Brazil. Interesting. Yeah. Brazil. Wow. Okay. It's huge. It's a People don't realize how big that place is. It's a, yeah. <laughs> the country of Brazil is massive. Massive. Yeah. And I touched the surface. I want to go back. Very good. Yeah. And all, yeah, I'll, I'll give that one answer. Yeah. Okay. Rio. I like that. Brazil. I, I love South America. I lived in Uruguay for two years. So I've, I've got, oh, really? I love South America. So I was just South of Brazil, lived in one spot where I, could walk across the border of brazil there's like no really fence or nothing you just yeah. speaking spanish one side speaking portuguese the other side but so i have a i have a love for for uruguayans and you know uruguay because yeah. my time spent there but that's great I so love, love to go there yeah that's on my list like it seems to be quite unique in that area right it is it's 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 very mellow it's very calm it's big it's kind of like argentina in a lot of ways you know kind of big with the ranching and the, the gauchos and but they have a little beach scene i mean they got they're on the ocean there so they got a little bit of that it's kind of got a good yeah. mix so yeah i loved it i loved i loved my time there so but my my second answer would be cook islands the cook islands okay yeah why the if cook you islands par- if you want paradise just is it small island with beaches it's got to be the place i've been to very nice awesome yeah. so rio cook islands awesome yeah well, very good. We've jammed out a few things here. I did want to ask you, though, about your podcast before we wrap up, because mm. tell us a little bit about Winging It Travel Podcast, and then I also know you're working on another project about, oh, yeah. with coffee. So if you don't mind kind of giving us a little, the listeners, kind of what, what you're doing. Yeah, so Winging It Travel Podcast is a bit like yourself. Get guests on, talk about their travels, and it's a weekly podcast. So every Monday there's a new episode, and it's exclusively now 
a guest on a Monday, but I do do a, an extra solo episode on a Friday, which is about 10, 15 minutes, bit of a wrap up, bit of a chance for me to kind of say what I've learned this week and what I kind of want to talk about. Cause a lot of times about the guests, right? So, um, yep. So that's two episodes a week, one major one, one little one and a, an array of guests. I've had quite a eclectic, um, <laughs> array. So in terms of like, I've had journalists, I've had authors, I've had people who hitchhike in Pakistan, Afghanistan, uh, women solo travellers, so many different types. So tried to cover as much diversity as possible and as much opinion as possible. And yeah, it's cracking on. I've got some more guests coming up for the next couple of months. So busy, busy. Yeah, well, it's a lot of fun. And then what's the other one you're doing? I know this this coffee thing you're doing. Tell us about that. Yeah, so the idea is how many times have I traveled in the past and not remembered what cafe I've gone to for a coffee and it's been good. So many times, countless times. I don't journal. Biggest regret probably of my previous travels is I didn't journal. Um, so I have a lot of gaps. So the idea now is, right, well, if I go away again and we go to like a random cafe in a random place in a random country, let's record it. So the idea is on video, it'll be six to eight minutes, once a week probably at the start. It's going to be Vancouver because where I'm based. I'm going to showcase some of my favorite cafes here, the coffee, a bit of reaction to, my, to the coffee, some information, and yeah, try and make it a bit, bit, bit more fun. So you get an idea of travel, where we are, and then the coffee itself. So yeah, kind of that's a bit more structured and shorter form. So that'd be YouTube mainly, but it is a podcast as well. So Spotify, Apple, and all that. Excellent. Well, very good. So before we wrap it up then, just for you, as someone who's travels a lot, has been to a lot of places, what's the future hold for you? Where are you going to, besides these podcasts and these YouTube things you're doing, what's the future hold for you as far as travel goes? Yeah, the future, I will have to mention the podcast because the, the future of that is taken on the road, right? That's my ultimate dream. So guests on Zoom will still happen, but very much more less so. And I want to take that podcast live on the road. I want to record what I'm doing, where I am, but also maybe interview a local. That's where it's going to go. And in terms of the places, well, yeah, too many to mention. <laughs> um, we do we do have an interrailing pass currently, which we bought for half price. So in Europe, we're going to do a month of travel, which will probably be early next year. Um, that's on the immediate horizon. And we might just carry on east overland. So Middle East and then across to Southeast Asia again, and then back here after that. But loose planning. Nice. Wow. A lot of good stuff. Anything you want to leave us? Any kind of last-minute thoughts? Any other memories or thoughts you want to leave us before we, we call it a night? Uh, I would say a thought that I've always kind of kept to myself is that if you are thinking about taking a risk though traveling and you're not sure why or how, you know, the worst thing I've heard people say, like my friends, for example, would say, oh, no, I'm, I'm going to gonna work now and then travel in, in the future. So I'm like, oh, so when's that? Oh, when we retire, what, 65, 70? Is our generation retiring? Debatable. Anyway, if you do, I was like, 70 years old, you're going to be knackered. You're going to be tired. And there's no guarantee you're going to get there. <laughs> so yeah, do it now. And when you're able health is a bit more guaranteed when younger try and do it now get experiences in get some in the bank so you don't feel older that you could have done more 
then I think you'd be in a good place when you get to that older age, right? A um, bit less pressure on you. That's fantastic advice. I really appreciate it. James, thank you so much for coming on Journey with Jake. Happy to have you here. Oh, it's been awesome. I really enjoyed myself. Thanks for having me on. Thank you, James Hammond, for another fantastic episode of Journey with Jake. So grateful you could come on and talk about Japan and Nepal and Bolivia and a few other places. I'm really grateful for that. Had a fun time talking to James. Thanks to everybody who listens to Journey with Jake. I know at the beginning of the episode I mentioned I want to keep this going. That's my plan. I plan to just keep releasing episodes, and I could just keep doing this as long as possible. I love doing this. It's been a lot of fun for me. It's brought personal fulfillment for me, and I really love it. Something that you can do that would help me out is leave a review on Apple Podcasts. I think that kind of kicks up the Apple Podcast algorithm somehow and gets the word out a little bit more. And just tell your family and friends about Journey with Jake. Have them take a listen. There's something for everybody on Journey with Jake. I've got enough episodes out now to where I feel like people can find different episodes that might have meaning to them and might open their eyes a little bit about the places that are out there and the experiences that we've gone through. If you need to get a hold of me, you can DM me at Journey with Jake Podcast on Instagram or send me an email, jake at journeywithjake.net. And just remember, it's not always about the destination as it is about the journey. Take care, everybody. Thank you.